Hello, and welcome to another episode of Your Words Against Mine, a competitive breeding podcast between siblings. I'm your sister co-host, Elizabeth Connor. I'm your brother co-host, Thomas Dempsey. Gainfully employed, or at least I will be uh, technically as of the time you're hearing this. Woohoo! Yeah, uh, it's been a pretty quick process, all told. About a month back, I had a virtual interview at, uh, I guess I can tell you now, at uh, Sherman Williams, the paint company. They were hiring for a delivery driver position, and then about a week or two after that, uh, got called in for an in-person meet. Uh, a week after that, I got the heads up that I, I'd gotten hired. Then after that, I had to get some testing done, uh, paperwork and whatnot. And then last Friday, they gave me a call and asked when I uh, wanted to start, That I, since everything was pretty much cleared up. Uh, so I just went ahead and said I could start as soon as possible. So Monday morning, going in getting getting it going all right i'm look i've been looking forward to it the way the work sounds it's looking like it'll be a good fit for me yeah yeah it'll be nice being employed how's things going with you elizabeth good school is chugging along my honor choir that i direct we sang we had our first bit like we had our first public performance we sang the national anthem at the high school, vol- at like, you know, the local high school. We sang it at the the varsity volleyball game, and mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. I think the kids all enjoyed themselves. I think the parents also had fun. Yeah, and then our next performance is coming up in October. We're doing the national anthem again, but this time it's for a cheerleading competition. All right. Yesterday, my younger stepson had a band competition, actually in the town where I work, so Brian and I went, like, drove over, and we went and saw, like, his division perform. Yeah. We didn't stay for the whole competition. Um, sure. But we stayed for his division, and they did a good job. Happy to hear it. We've got our water back. Yeah, y'all got your water back. Yeah, it turns out it wasn't a problem with the well. <clears throat> uh, it was our hot water heater had, had a leak, and yep. we just had to go ahead and get it replaced. Which, uh, I think we've had it long enough that we probably got our money's worth out of it. They came in and got it all set up fairly quickly. Yeah. It's been uh, smooth sailing ever since. Now we just need a a new dishwasher and a new microwave. Yeah. Also, our toaster oven's broken, too. It can still toast, but you can't use it as convection. Hmm. I guess the only other, like, quote-unquote big thing is, um, today was the first day we taught Sunday school. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? It was fine. So Brian and I are teaching 10 or not 10. Goodness. We're teaching two different classes. He's got the older ones and I've got like the babies. Sure. So I've got like the two through five year old class. It was like kind of what I remember Sunday school being when I was that age. Like I read a picture book. We sang some songs and we had a snack and we colored pictures. Oh yeah. And then that Sunday, that age Sunday school class takes place in the nursery sure after we got done with all that we pretty much just like they pretty much just played okay and brian said that his group did good so happy to hear it yeah so you got uh, any books you want to talk about um i've only read the challenge for this week okay 
uh, did you finish it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I uh, I got some books I can talk about. Okay, go right ahead. There's technically five, but one of them's a, a manga. It is the first volume in a series called The Girl from the Other Side, which uh, has a very like heavily shaded, almost like Brothers Grimm, uh, Edward Gorey style art style. Yeah. But it's about a kingdom on the edge of a forest, and the kingdom is called the inside, and the forest is called the outside, and there's a big wall separating them. Everybody outside is cursed. And if they touch somebody from the inside, then that person becomes infected with the curse. So it's pretty allegorical. And the story follows this young girl named Shiva, who is under the care of somebody from the outside, who is this large black furry creature called uh, the Teacher. Yeah. Or who the Shiva calls the Teacher because he's sort of got like an academic vibe about him. And they... They're living in a uh, cabin, and Shiva believes that her aunt has left her there and that she'll be, like, coming back to get her in a little while. And Teacher has been just looking after her, always making sure not to touch her lest she be cursed. Then, as the book, as the series goes on, you start to learn more about the circumstances of, like, Shiva's abandonment and about the situation in the wilds of the outside and in the power systems of the inside mm-hmm. and it's and it's all beautifully drawn it's very evocative i think it's like a more somber take on you remember that comic series bone yeah yeah it has a similar vibe to that where uh like even though that series could get fairly dramatic it was by and large a fair pretty light fantasy series mm-hmm. and while this one has its share of like humor especially in these weird little like interstitial comic vignettes between each chapter or at the end of each volume yeah that uh almost like reimagine the world of the book as if it were like a comic strip mm-hmm. it's much more like dark and compelling i guess so i wouldn't recommend it to like say the same age group age range as but something like bone yeah but it's, I'm really enjoying it. I've got the first three, like, hardback editions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, by the time the fourth one comes out, that'll be, like, the whole series is complete, but they're being reprinted in these really nice hardcovers. Okay. And I've been buying them up as they've come out. So I'll be starting the second one soon. That one, I'm not counting towards my word total. But I've got four other books that I can. Just because I guess I got on a run where I was reading a bunch of things concurrently. And yeah. I finally, like, finished several of them. Mm-hmm. Two of them were books on movies that I've talked about before. Uh, it was Pauline Kael's Going Steady and Ira Jaffe's Slow Movies. Slow mm-hmm. Movies is like a, a, uh, a monograph about uh, art house films, international films that seem to embody a sense of, like, slow pacing and quiet atmosphere, sort of as the title implies, and explores the... Uh, techniques and themes that these films employ and the other one by Pauline Kael was a collection of her uh, film criticism from the late 1960s up until the 1970s yeah yeah so uh, relatively early in her career parts of both books I found compelling even if I if I was just sort of like going along via inertia to get them done yeah like I started both books back in summer around July so it's taken me a while to get through them 
And uh, last weekend, I finally managed to shoulder through in the wake of uh, Green Bay having a rough go of it. That's another thing. Uh, we just watched Green Bay barely beat out the Saints today in their second win of the season. Yeah. Yeah, that was intense. We, we saw the end of that game. That was that was intense. Like I don't think they scored three points, if that, before the final quarter, and then they just came back like a shot. Yeah. And pulled ahead with just one point, and then uh, the Saints missed a field goal. Yep. To lose it, but it was it was happy to have it for them, and now hopefully all their best players will be out for sick leave, be able to make things a little more competitive yeah so uh yeah those were two books uh third book was one i started recently is a short story collection by the author leonora carrington <coughs> she was a surrealist artist and author born in like the early 1900s and she only passed away in 2011 so she was in her like 90s she spent most of her life living in uh, mexico city mm-hmm even though I think she was born in uh, England somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and this was just a collection of all her published short stories that she wrote over the course of her life. I guess because she wasn't primarily a writer, her like catalog of books isn't that extensive. Right. And they're all sort of like eccentric, satirical, fairy tale kind of stories where people will casually interact with talking animals. Weird little like societal quirks will come about that uh, kind of go unexplained and just are meant to evoke a sense of unease. Yeah. And I, re I really like her like style of writing. I'm reading another book by her now called The Hearing Trumpet, mm -hmm. which is about a 90-year-old woman who is committed to a uh, nursing home for um, like senile women. Yeah. And it's just basically about her interactions with the other people at the home and with the staff there it doesn't play it glibly but everybody's perspective of things is sort of like heightened and fanciful yeah so she's really got a like interesting way with language and ideas so i'm really enjoying it okay and uh yeah <clears throat> and then the last book i read you know terry pratchett right yeah well he is perhaps most famous for the fantasy series uh, discworld uh-huh which uh, consists of about 41 novels and a variety of supplementary materials and uh, short stories. Mm -hmm. And I've read a couple of those books before, specifically the first two, which I think unanimously people say that you're not supposed to start with those because they aren't really the most indicative of his voice and where the f series would ultimately go. Yeah. They feel a bit more zany, I guess, than... While the series is broadly comical... There's a, like, substance to it that makes it feel, like, of consequence, whereas with the first two books, you sort of feel like a lot of it's being made up as it goes along. Uh-huh. So, anyway, the book I read this week is called Guards, Guards. It's the first book in a cycle of novels called the Watch series. Yeah. Now, uh, Discworld is, like, 41 novels, and across all of them are various cycles following... Uh, recurring characters so the watch series is about like the town's guard at this big city and the adventures they get up to okay and this one is kind of a uh, pitched as a noir mystery wherein somebody is summoning dragons to this kingdom in order to instigate a coup okay the watch has to try and figure out what's going on 
there's a lot of fun riffs on like fairy tale tropes and like a self-aware idea about that sort of thing that never pitches over into being too glib or clever yeah. by half. So I really enjoyed it. Getting started on some other, there's a lot of Discworld books available for free uh, through the Libby app. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to get into those <coughs> now and expect I'll have a few more to talk about by, by the end of this year. Okay, cool. Do you got anything else you want to talk about before we cut the break? So this is like, well, I mean, it's reading related, but it's not book related. So, and it happened today. <laughs> so nice. I was on Facebook. Yeah. Right. And I saw, you know, those like the Grim Reaper comics, web comics of like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, different animals dying. Oh, they're yeah. very sad and they're usually in black and white. Right. Sometimes with a pop of color. There was one story art that the author illustrator released like probably over a year ago. And mm -hmm. it was of like this older woman adopting a one eyed black cat. Right. That was one of her, that was one of the author's like few stories that kind of ends with a happy ending. And so now yeah. the story is being continued. The woman who adopted the cat, like I said, she was older. So now she is starting to develop dementia. Oh. And you see, like, her cat start to worry about her because she's going through the thing of, like, either she forgets to feed the cat or she feeds the cat, like, way, 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 way too much. I don't know. I was just like, oh, man, I this was kind of the update that I never wanted. Because <sighs> I'm like, because, I mean, this poor cat's been through so much. And then she finally gets a happy ending. And then her owner's going to, like, go and get dementia. And so then, like... What's going to happen to this poor baby? I messed up my TikTok algorithm recently because, like, one of those, like, our pet is dying or needs an operation or whatnot <laughs> things. Yeah. Came across my feed. It's like, could you please engage with this post so that it gets traction? I'm like, I can't, I don't have any money to, to pitch to these, like, GoFundMes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I'll just, like, I'll like it. I'll leave a comment. I'll favorite it. I'll reblog it. And then I'll go about my business, and now my entire For You feed is just sad pets and with, like, the same audio clip of a little girl crying laid over it. Yeah. Yeah, so now I just, like, whenever I log on to TikTok, I always have to suffer through at least one of those, which I, I still, like, signal boost because, you know, you help, help people out. But then I'm, like, right over to my following page. Yeah. You know, I've seen where people are like, because, you know, I, I don't know about your For You page. I know mine. I feel like so many of the videos on my For You page are like inundated with like TikTok shop and just advertisements. Oh, yeah. And so yeah, it does seem like I'm seeing more ads nowadays. And so I feel like I've seen I've or I've, I've seen in like people's comment sections about people just being like, nah, forget this. Like, I'll just go to my follow. I'll just look at my following page. Like, I'm not going to worry about my For You page anymore because all I'm getting is advertisements and people hawking wares. Oh, well. <clears throat> it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. I think uh, we'll take a quick break now, and by when we get back, we can talk about this week's challenge. Yeah. Be back in a bit. And welcome back. It's your words against mine. Uh, this week, we've got a new reading challenge to discuss that I assigned to Elizabeth. Uh, you want to tell the folks what we're talking about today? Yeah, so your challenge to us was to read, like, the first 
100 chapters? Yes, the first major arc. Yeah, um, of One Piece. The shonen manga, which recently got a live-action Netflix adaptation, which is, like, still hanging around in the top ten at ne on Netflix. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. I, I watched about the first half of the series mm -hmm. uh, before dipping out, and I'll definitely go back and check out the rest. Yeah, I think it was just enough to know that it, like, well, not a faithful retelling, like, does the source material justice, at least. Uh-huh. And especially considering, like, the long track record of, like, live-action anime adaptations kind of being a mess. Yeah. I've I've basically just seen on social media about people who have, like, watched it and are, and are like, promoting it on social media because they think the cast is hot. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a lot of that talk going around. <clears throat> you know him from the comic, at least, but the actor who plays Buggy the Clown. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people, like, going after him. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about what the series is, for anyone who might not know? Okay, so the series opens with this young boy whose name is, well, he goes by Luffy. But I think his name is Monkey. It's pronounced Luffy. And Luffy. Names in One Piece uh, go by the Japanese model, wherein a person's surname is the, the name they is go like by. up front. Yeah. So, Monkey D. Luffy is technically Luffy D. Monkey. Okay. So, that's why everybody calls him Luffy, because Monkey is his last name. It's his last name. Okay. The, the It opens with Luffy, who in my head, I called him Luffy the whole time. Luffy is a child, and he is living in the what is the beginning of the Golden Age of Pirates. And because this pirate, I forget his pirate's name, because it was the first chapter um, Shanks. Or, oh, you mean no, Gold no. Roger. Yeah, I'm, that one. Yeah. No, I remember Shanks. I couldn't remember the, the name of the one with the, the... Like, his treasure is called One Piece. And he says he's, like, put it on the Grand Line, which is latitude and longitude to me, is the Grand Line and the Red Line. Yeah, it's basically a strip of ocean that encircles the globe. Yeah. That uh, pirates tend to sail along. And uh, it's where, like, all these very dangerous sea monsters and islands uh, are located. Yeah. Or so, you know, you have all these pirates who are after, who, like, they want to go to the Grand Line and they want to find the treasure One Piece. And Luffy is a child and he's like, and, and there's a pirate who has made his village the headquarters. And that pirate's name is Red Hair Shanks. Yes. Shanks. So... Luffy keeps going up to Shanks and like keeps going up to the crewmen and even though he's and he's a child and he's like please take me with you please take me with you like I mean he's like look how tough I am and he like stabs himself in the face yeah. <laughs> Which is, I was like <laughs> that's so ridiculous it's a very violent series it's an extremely violent series it was a lot more violent than I was anticipating I'm not gonna lie yeah, I, f I feel like it's not as graphically violent as something like Chainsaw Man, but because the aesthetic is so cartoony, it does seem almost more shocking. Yeah. Luffy ends up eating the fruit. That, it's called Devil Fruit, and it's of the yeah. gum gum tree. So basically, Luffy's body becomes made of rubber. But also, like, the trade-off of him gaining these this ability is he can't swim. Right. Nobody who has eaten a devil fruit can swim in the ocean. They just sink. Yeah, they just sink. 
So if something happens and Luffy ends up getting into the, like going into the ocean and Shanks comes in to save him from being eaten by a monster, gets his arm bitten off. Luffy feels terrible about it. And then Shanks is like, kid, you're going to grow up to be something. Like if you want to be, if you want to grow up and get, be king of the pirates and like, you're going to be able to do it. And then Shanks gives Luffy his straw hat, which is like very important Yep. That's, that's a very important part of the story is the straw hat. And yep. um, and then the story picks back up, like, what, 10 years later? Like, Luffy is yes. an adult now or, like, a young adult. Luffy's like, all right, guys, I'm off to go become king of the pirates. And he gets in a little boat and gets sucked into a whirlpool, a whirlpool. And then he's off on his adventure. Yep. And so, basically, like, this story arc is, it's just, it's him getting members to his crew and then he's also starting to develop his reputation because he's going up against like some fairly infamous pirates pretty much every place he stops over the first hundred chapters he finds a new member of his crew and he finds some villain that he has to fight and defeat to help out whoever the member of the crew is gonna be so for instance like the first crewmate he meets is this swordsman named Zoro, or Zolo, Zolo as it's known in the manga. It's Zor- it's pronounced Zoro, but it's the sort of like in- Japanese to English translation thing, where the L and the R yeah. pronunciation is transposed. So that makes if you sense. watch the live action version or watch like the dubbed anime, the character's name is pronounced Zoro. Okay. But in the version of the manga that is up on the Shonen Jump app that you read, it and several other names are spelt in a way that, like, does that. Yeah. Zoro, who has been kib- uh, captured and held prisoner by a corrupt Navy official. Yeah. Luffy helps Zoro escape, and together they overthrow the naval guy, and then they go off and find a navigator so they just uh, go about the stretch of ocean that they inhabit which is called the east blue yeah in the way that uh the grand line sort of acts as like the equator yeah the world is uh broken up into four like oceans called the blues yeah but that's basically how it breaks down so uh yeah so you read all 100 chapters yeah about how long did it take I started Friday and finished today. Okay. Because, like, I've been reading along it, I guess, the last, if not month, at least the last two weeks, just to sort of refresher myself and in the spirit of the challenge, you know, give myself the thing to read as well. It, it It's definitely a longer read than something like Chainsaw Man because yeah. that manga was so much more about, like, sparse dialogue and big, splashy action. Yeah. Whereas just by virtue of being a fantasy world with a lot of intricacies about it and characters with extensive backstories, and One Piece just has a much higher word count. I, I will say, mm. can I say the one thing that like gets on my nerves about the series oh. is sure. is like the freaking running commentary. Okay. From like the crewmen. Like, uh, oh, from, oh, from the so like just people's comments that they'll make yeah or is it just so like... like for example when they're at the like the when they're at the restaurant yes and he's fighting what's his name krieg yes don krieg yeah and and luffy is fighting don krieg like things will happen and then it'll cut away 
to either Don Craig's crew members or like the crew members of the restaurant commenting about like who's going to win and like what and, and basically like retelling what you just saw in like the previous couple of panels and that just got on my nerves like nobody's business I get that. That's kind of like a trope of this kind of young adult shonen manga. Yeah. Where it's almost treated like pro wrestling match. Where yeah. characters will recount what is going on in live action. It's so, You can tell that this is a series, especially this first bit that is over two decades old at this point. I'll give you an example. When I had you read Chainsaw Man, that is a series from just the last like four or five years. Yeah. I, I think that in general action manga like that has just developed along such lines that a lot of the running commentary has been sort of excised yeah yeah a lot of that is i guess a holdover of the style of the time uh to my recollection the more recent stretches of one piece don't engage with that as much yeah but it but it's definitely like notable like i mean because I've, I've seen it happen not so much in manga that i've read because the manga that I have typically read falls into one of two categories. The vast majority of it is like romance and then like sure. horror. Okay. That, that just like, that's not something that happens where you, like you said, it's like the, the pro wrestling match thing where you've got commentators who are dictating the action. And when I've seen this, I guess device, I, I feel like it, I, I feel like that's the best way to describe it. When I see this yeah. device used in, like, anime, it has also gotten on my nerves. Yeah, and because so much anime is adapting manga, uh, oftentimes that's, like, a sign that that's, like, an element of the source material that's being carried over. Yeah. Definitely noticed that, and I think it's telling. I haven't gotten to that part of the live-action adaptation yet. The It's interesting that you should point out, like, the fighting in uh, the... Burati uh-huh. section of that series. That's the name of the boat. Yeah. That whole arc has been sort of like condensed and truncated in yeah. the live action series. So like they're still visiting the boat, but like they don't even meet Don Krieg, who's oh, like the okay. main villain of that act. He's just like, he's in the show, but he's like a side character who appears in a completely different context. Okay. Definitely something I think that modern sensibilities have dictated like be excised as but like much as possible that i mean and that's that part that part of like what we read felt like yeah. the longest part i mean i was sitting i was like Dad, we're still on this freaking boat <laughs> yeah I, I do think from what i've heard that people who are fans of the series like will tell you that especially in the early goings there are points when the series author ichiro oda having some difficulty striking a good pace with some of these story arcs yeah it's the kind of thing that just sort of gets better as the series goes along but uh, it's definitely something that you can point out as being sticking point yeah i mean yeah, i like but, i uh, mean like yeah. i liked it was it is it my favorite like manga i've ever read no but i mean i yeah, liked and, it yeah and i'm not gonna push you or anything towards like continuing on with it i would just say that like now that you might have a reference point for a lot of the conversation going on around it. Yeah. Because uh, a lot has been made about the fact that uh, the author has implied that the series might be entering its final stretch soon. So could be anywhere from like 
two to five years left for yeah. the story to resolve and that like in all the two decades since what you just read transpired there's been a lot more like world building and a lot more expansive stories character stuff i feel like that, the farther along you get in the st- story it, it kind of it kind of becomes almost like a doctor who thing like i remember being at a friend's house and somebody said something and it reminded me of an episode of doctor who and i was getting ready to right. say that and i realized in that moment like I can't talk about this because I would literally have to spend two hours describing the backstory for what the, so for what they said made me think of that. Right. And nobody's got time for that. That's definitely, that's a uh, apt comparison, I would say. It's also interesting that, uh, especially the grunt of who that you're talking about, getting started in like the early uh, 2000s. Yeah. Would have been, they've both been sort of like these fantasy sci-fi properties that have been running concurrently. Do you see where uh, De- David uh, David Tennant's coming back as the Doctor? I did not. Well, it's 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 wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Basically, they're doing <laughs> a I guess a series of specials okay. prior to the next proper Doctor's introduction. Yeah, and it involves the previous doctor transforming into david Tennant doctor okay who i guess like has some unfinished business to resolve okay i, I presume a lot of the story will in, like explain what's going on uh the trailer the proper trailer just came out the other day and guess who is uh, uh companion's gonna be is it gonna be rose nope oh is it gonna be better. martha better <laughs> Oh, is it going to be Amy? I said Donna. Oh, Donna. Oh, I love Donna. Yeah. I'd be okay with Donna. (laughs) Okay. I was expecting a bit more hype. She was always one of my favorites. I mean, mean, no, she's just, she's one of my favorites too. I guess, I guess just the relief that I feel that it's not Martha. (laughs) Who's, which one was, was Martha the one after Rose? Yeah. There's this uh, YouTuber named Princess Weeks uh-huh. who does like fandom videos and she's a black content creator. So she has like an informed perspective on the relationship Doctor Who has to uh, black characters and specifically uh, Martha's run on the show. Yeah. Yeah. She ju- uh, Her video on that subject actually just came out the other day. Uh, I haven't watched all of it yet, but uh, I'd be interested to go in and check it out okay Uh, we kind of got off the topic um to wrap up the one piece discussion i guess just talking about things you enjoyed about it or things i expected you to enjoy about it because i feel like reading the first hundred chapters like you did not only does it give you that clean first chunk of the story yeah it also i think contains some very memorable parts of the story and i think like early signposts for how the series means to go on in terms of its big dramatic payoffs yeah i mean so like i said like i liked it will i continue to read it i don't know that's fair but i liked it i liked what i read okay so i go through these phases where i'm like you know what like i feel like i need to get into like historical like manga like i need to get into like the long-running series or like the older series that have helped to establish manga to be what it is today and like i've recognized that one piece was one of the one of these manga or you know one of these stories yeah and the thing that has always kept me from reading it 
has been how freaking goofy looking Luffy is. <laughs> yeah, that's I, definitely I, like, a I big would deal. See, like, I would see his character on, like, anything, like, any promotional material, and I would just be automatically, like, turned off. Like, I'm not interested. No, thank you. Yeah, Which is funny. You would not be surprised to learn that that is a very common uh, statement in terms of people who have been averse to checking out the series. Is that really? It's too, it, it is not anime cool in the conventional sense yeah on a surface level it's interesting there's a lot of very compelling like critical assessment of the series aesthetic and the way that that it facilitates the kind of story that it is uh-huh because you almost feel like it would become unwieldy if there were a greater verisimilitude or more realistic or naturalistic art style yeah and I think it's funny that I feel that way about how he looks because, like, in reading it, like, he has, like, I mean, he's, he's my, he's, I think he's probably my favorite character. Luffy is? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I feel like in every single, like, mini arc or, like, you know, like, basically every time he goes to pick up a new crew member, at first you're like, God, this guy's an idiot. And then he makes, like, or he says something profound or he makes like a decision and you're in it. You kind of have to stop and like, think like, why did he make that decision? And then you realize like what happened, like what he saw or what he witnessed, like right before he made that decision. So then you start to realize like, no, he's actually got some substance to him. I've heard it described as like, like a high level of emotional intelligence. Yeah. As he's sort of like a very impulsive sort of character who always like charges right into fights against bad guys yeah yeah i think that's uh, a great takeaway for that character as well I i'm glad you gave it a shot i know i've yeah, I enjoyed rereading it yeah i'm like i've mentioned the other week i'm all caught up on the series to where it presently is now so i enjoy reading it you know week to week and going back and revisiting certain parts so yeah if you ever get interested in picking it back up or checking out stuff yeah that just let me know will do I've got uh, the physical books as well for a lot of the early series, so if I don't, I didn't know if like reading it that way might do whatever. And it might because just because like trying to read it on my phone, like the those illustrations are so detailed that sometimes it's hard to know what's going on. I get that just from like looking at your screen. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, like the accessibility of digital is not to be discounted that for a lot of these series the ideal way really is like in book form yeah so that was one piece uh, any interest in checking out the show the the live action one i mean maybe i will say that uh because it is a live ad uh because they can't just do a one-to-one -one adaptation of the manga yeah they are incorporating story elements that don't occur until way later in the series Okay. Like, there's a central character of the live-action show that doesn't make a proper appearance until 350-plus chapters in. Gotcha. You, it, I guess you you would sort of be setting yourself up for certain spoilers in that regard. Mm-hmm. Nothing I would think that would, like, detract from your ability to enjoy it. So okay. Just, you do how you want to do. Okay. This, the series did get announced as getting a second season the other day. So. Oh. Which... Considering how much money Netflix invested into the first one, I figure they probably want it to be as big a thing as possible. Yeah. So, so season two yeah. coming in like probably what seven years? 
probably yeah i'm not sure if they've started writing it yet with the strike going on i, I would assume not. not yeah but it does sound like maybe that's hopefully gonna be wrapping up before yeah. too long but uh yeah so that was our challenge for this week did you want to have one piece count as your graphic novel yes okie dokie you do not have a bingo yet but oh. you've got another place where you are one away all right and I'm putting down Guards, Guards by Terry Pratchett as my fantasy pick. Okay. So you also do not have a bingo yet. Okay. You want to hear the next challenge we got coming up? Yes, please. Uh, recently, an acclaimed author passed away by the name of... Uh, oh, goodness. I can't even remember his name. <laughs> this uh, bodes oh, well. Okay. Uh, Cormac McCarthy. Really? Cormac McCarthy passed away. Yeah. I think it was just shortly after those that pair of books he had published this year that he uh, passed away. I don't know if it was sudden or if it was like prolonged illness thing he was dealing with. Wow! I know I he was no old. Idea. Like he was he was like in his fifties when his first book became a success. Yeah. Like not his first like when he started publishing. He'd been publishing books for years and he didn't really become like a best-selling author until like his late fifties. Yeah. Maybe even to his sixties. So. He was probably in his 80s by this point. But, okay. Uh, yeah, so you might know him as the author of that book, The Road. Yes. Did he Did he write... Okay. Did he write All the Pretty Little Horses? Yes, All the Pretty Horses. I remember having to read that for, like, I think in high school. It was like a summer reading one year. Okay. And I, I remember starting The Road, though I never finished it. Yeah. I've got another one of his books here called Blood Meridian. Okay. I've had it on my shelf for a while, and I finally like to make a crack at it. So All right. That's the book of his that I'll be assigning. Cool. And I think that might be able to count towards my historical fiction, because I believe it takes place, like, during the Civil War or something like that. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, Blood Meridian for our next reading challenge. We've got your episode coming up next time, where we've been assigned to read Hex. Yep. Looking forward to that. I got some... Um, a word total update I can do. Okay. And I said you could go ahead and apply 100,000 words to yours for yes. reading One Piece. Uh, I read four books this week that count towards my word total. There was uh, Leonora Carrington with 49,660. There was the Pauline Kale with 88,400. There was the Ira Jaffe with 69,014. And then there was the Terry Pratchett with 102,960, which uh, brings my word total from 3,526,632 to 3,836,667, or 86.5% of my 2021 word total. All right. Since last episode, I read one piece, so I'm going to apply 100,000 words towards my word total. So that brings my year-to-date word total to 5,085,514 words, which puts me at 50.5% of my 2021 word count. Now, I don't. I'm, I figure that uh, with me working now, my uh, reading time will probably shrink down some. Although, who knows, maybe having some structure in my life will make me more efficient. It could, yeah. Yeah, so we'll just have to see. Uh, looking forward to talking about hex next time yeah i appreciate you talking with me this week well i appreciate you talking with me you want to let folks know where they can find us yep so y'all can find us on our social media sites we are on facebook instagram twitter 
or I guess X now, uh, TikTok and Literally Club at Your Words Podcast. You can find also find us on our website at yourwordspodcast.com. And you can send us a comment, suggestion, or question to yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and uh, real quick at the end here, I want to send a thanks to one of our listeners, a uh, pers- friend of the show, Caleb, for uh, pointing out that a couple of our episodes uploaded the wrong files. When I was editing the episodes, I accidentally uploaded, I guess, some raw audio to the feed rather oh. than the edited version. So I got those uh, switched out and fixed. Yes, thank you, Caleb. Yeah, I think our uh, listenership rebounded a little after that. I guess it wasn't too bad a hit. Yeah, thanks again. And uh, I would thank you all for listening. We look forward to seeing you again. But until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.